This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Guy Get Beers. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, Facebook Live, YouTube, Jay Randall, podcast listeners? How are we? Uh, we're good. <laughs> I speak what for is, all of us. <laughs> what is it with everybody being odd lately on podcasts? <laughs> One word answers. It's, you know, it's the whole public thing, I think, you know, the whole live thing. You know, it's funny, too, because it's like, you know, that's that just happened and that's forever. I did a show on New Canoe last night with uh, Brad Hurlboss and Dave Palmer from uh, uh, Punisher Waterfowl. And like they both like one word answers to start off just to throw me off. And I was like, really? Come on. You guys both do podcasts. Is is that a challenge? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Dave's Canadian, so I was like, uh, and Brad's a huge fan of Letterkenny, so they had a competition who could throw in the most Letterkenny references during the oh, show. God. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we had a good time, man. It was it was good stuff, good stuff. But uh, yeah, man, uh, excited about uh, tonight's show. We got uh, Josiah Pleasant in the house. We've had him on. I don't know what two, three times before, right? Yeah, yeah, probably too many. <laughs> <laughs> he's laughing down there in the green. He's room. our he's our friend above the forty eight. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, 48. for sure. He's coming at us live from uh, Alaska. Uh, he just made a recent move. He's living in Kodiak now, so interested to hear about that. I told him when you left before we started. Uh, I made a comment to him. I'm like, "What the the bears down there in Juneau weren't big enough? He had to go for the bigger, bigger yeah. ones." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, you know, nine foot wasn't good enough. We had to get those ten and a half elevens. You know, yeah, like yeah, you know, <laughs> n- nothing like a bear that can eat you." <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a story. He was telling me a story. We'll we'll let him share it, but uh, let's get him in here. Uh, Mr. Josiah Pleasant. How you doing, sir? Hey, guys. <laughs> good to be here. It's good What's to see up, you, buddy? brother. Good to see you. I know you got a little more facial hair than last time. You said tis the season. I'm sure things are starting to cool down up, up in the great north and uh, the last <laughs> frontier, you know, uh, but uh, we're interested to hear, man. I'm always fascinated to talk to you about what you got going on and uh, life in Alaska. And uh, I mean, you sent us a bunch of photos and I was just like, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah. Your, your life's cooler than ours. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun life, man. <laughs> I was like, all, all those pictures, I was like, you know, I don't usually feel that lazy. <laughs> now I feel lazy. <laughs> Well, my my back hurts putting those photos together. So oh, there's sure. that. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you might want to put those fingers in a sling or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure getting to those places isn't easy. I'll I'll pop this one up here. Uh, just a beautiful um, sunset photo and uh, up looked like a peak overlooking uh, the ocean there. Yep. Yeah, it's a very top of a, a mountain range on central Kodiak. Uh, I don't think there's been many people on top of those mountains, and there's good reason for it. Yeah, I, I'm sure I have a heart attack a quarter of the way up. Not even a half, quarter. Quarter yeah. for sure. <laughs> what's, the, what's the elevation of those mountains? You know, it's not the elevation that's the tricky thing. Um, yeah. Kodiak is the largest mountain on Kodiak, and Kodiak tops out, I think, right at 4,600. Um, of course, okay. every mountain on Kodiak is coming straight from sea level, so you earn every foot of what the elevation is. Um, but the tricky thing is uh, the brush. Uh, for the first three quarters of the way, the brush is like this right in front of your face. And it's oh, not no, soft geez. brush. It's it's two culprits, Devil's Club and Salmon Berries. Salmon Berries, super thorny. Devil's Club earns its freaking name. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Le- leaves these... <laughs> thorns that go about a quarter inch into your skin uh you you won't be able to see my hands but i'm still getting these dang devil's club uh thorns coming out of my hands weeks later so that's it's rough but yeah it's it's demoralizing you know you put in three miles in that stuff and you're literally just bushwhacking the whole way but when you finally get to the top oh man it's so satisfying you're like okay it was worth it then you have to pack down if you're successful and then you're packing down through all that stuff and you you wonder what 
was it worth it? But then a week goes by and you're like, yeah, heck yeah, it's worth yeah. it again. I was going to say, should I just stay up here? I, 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 I would <laughs> say after, after this last pack out, I was like, I think I'm traumatized like to even look at brush. You know, when I'm in the Alpine, I'm fine. When I'm walking through a river, I'm fine. But the brush is tough. And the problem with the brush isn't just the brush. It's you can't see anything and bears are sleeping in it. So you're walking was... through and you have no viz. You know, I was it's, just it's gonna say that. I was just gonna be like, "Man, don't aren't you scared of running up on?" Well, I mean, I re- I'm sure you're prepared, but you know. yeah. And I remember that story you shared with us. One, one, I think it was like the first show you were uh, walking back to camp or something, and came face to face with a brown bear. And I don't know, dude. That I, I would have screamed like a little girl and probably had to change my shorts four times over. But yeah, yeah. It, uh, no. I don't I don't think I could handle it. You just gotta raise your arms, Brian. Just you know, look <laughs> bigger than it. That's all. And don't it's run. the thing. I'm I'm big and those bears are bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> just just don't look like prey. That's all you just gotta do. Don't look like prey. <laughs> it's tough though, because I mean they, they eat moose and, and a big bull moose is fifteen hundred pounds. So how do yeah, you not dude. look like prey to these guys? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. huge. So that's why huge. that's why you bring a big 44 on you, you know, in there. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Boom. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> Hopefully it runs away. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Well, I remember uh my uncle has told me stories because he was stationed in Alaska for a bit. And uh we're talking Jesus probably 60 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, but he's like, you know, we complain about hitting deer with our cars you know imagine hitting a moose that's 1500 pounds and you know you want to talk about damage <laughs> that's a new vehicle right there yeah <laughs> you know? yeah if so you I, if you survive right like that yep. i mean that's like hitting a brick wall coming back from a salmon fishing trip with my dad uh he hit a moose i wasn't driving he was driving and uh the entire hood of the jeep cherokee that we were driving went under the moose it was the rib cage that took out the windshield and the top of the jeep cherokee so i mean you think about that size the hood didn't even hit anything it was the windshield so we all ducked and it was a cow moose and she took a crap when she got hit so we're all covered in moose crap but she walked away she seemed fine but yeah that's uh, that's a weird side effect yeah (laughs) it gives you an idea of their their height though like the hood of a jeep cherokee is under the rib cage so that's huge dude that is a massive animal massive that's incredible dude incredible absolutely incredible so what what made you leave juno and head to kodiak you know just life is short first of all and there's there's the whole southern half of Kodiak is as wild and pristine as, as any place on the planet. Um, it's actually the only place in the United States where residents are able to, to take two mountain goats. Um, so just the mountain goat population is super robust. Black-tailed deer population is robust. You know, everybody knows Kodiak synonymous with Kodiak bears, right? They're they're basically direct kin uh, to polar bears. So your size is pretty much commensurate to a polar bear. They just happen to be brown. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a rugged place. So ever since I probably at, at the point in time where I knew how to read, um, I read about Kodiak and, and would love to be up there. So 
probably a lifelong dream. Um, but at the same time, work work opened up some opportunities to be able to step forward uh, on both of our ends. And so from a family standpoint, it made sense and we made the move. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, super cool. And you're living with, is it your wife or girlfriend? Wife. Wife. Okay. All right. I, cu- I couldn't remember. Uh, I knew it was one of the two, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's, there's the bear that tore my cooler up. Yeah. So share, share, share with everybody what that was about, because, uh, you told me before we started, but, uh, you were talking yeah. about coolers and, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately that guy shredded yours. You said, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm bear aware. I'm bear smart. Um, I don't make, um, mistakes often, um, because I've, I've learned this lifestyle. I've learned the rhythms of, of how nature works, but we were moving pretty quick and you've got to deal with the tide swings. You can see the boat um, anchored there. And so, you know, I, I love having a, an all welded boat so you can, you know, at low tide, let the boat sit on, on sand and that's okay. It doesn't hurt it when it's a good welded boat. Sure. Um, but uh, what I generally do if I can is either use a kayak or just wait her up to be able to get to the boat at high tide. And we were moving pretty quick to hit our, our timelines. And so I used these 162 liter coolers because you can actually fit, you know, your deer and your goats in the 162 liter coolers. Um, and I always bleach them out if there's ever been game in them, but I'll use it to chuck waders and wader boots in because it's not advisable to climb a mountain in waders and wader boots. <laughs> you want to mm-hmm. switch to your, your hunting gear and your hunting boots. And uh, so I, I got this buck and I, I sent you guys a photo of it. Um, I mean, he's a dandy, just a sweet buck. But um, just getting up to him takes takes a day, day and a half. And then coming down, it's even worse, right? Because these bigger bucks, you know, you're talking right at 150 pounds of meat. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's it's brutal to pack out because you're fighting all the brush and you're you're loaded down. But I, I always glass from the mountaintops looking back at the boat just checking on it and uh the cooler looked kind of funky i'm like what is going on with the cooler and uh got down there and this stupid bear had shredded the cooler and had a couple of dry bags strewn out um rain gear strewn out but you know i guess he thought there might have been something but then I, i watched this bear fish the next couple of days and he's he's a pretty skinny bear the older boars you know, they, they kind of reach the peak of life and then they're on the downswing and it's mid August and he was skinny. And so I think he was just desperate, but anyhow, if you don't go with a, a bear proof cooler, like a truly bear proof cooler, it's going to get torn up. So I, uh, I lesson learned, even if there's no food or meat or anything like that, you got to just keep that thing away from any bear access at all, unless it's totally bear proof. Yeah, that's wild, dude. That is completely wild. Because and that was my question: like, was there game in there previously? And you said you went to the extent of bleaching that thing out, and he still got in and tore it up. Yeah. You, you said there was just rain gear in there, right? Yeah. So was it? Um, was there possibly like scent on that rain gear from like packing an animal out or something, maybe? Probably not. Um, not, not, not to our nose at all. Not to anything we could do. Right. Like I, 
bleach wiped the rain gear. You know, I did everything you're supposed to do, but that's crazy. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes the bear gets you and he won (laughs) that day. (laughs) One, one, a fresh, uh, 160 quart cooler. Right. Right. What kind of, what kind of cooler was it? So that was an igloo, um, and it's uh, rest rest in peace, one hundred and sixty two liter igloo. So rest try in pieces, get... <laughs> exactly. Rest in pieces is correct. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna see if I can try to squeeze some some quarters if I if I cut them at the knee um, into the the Orion eighty five. We're gonna try and start using an Orion eighty five for everything because they are certified bear proof. So I'm gonna put those suckers to the test. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the way to do it. You're in the right spot to do it as well, you know. Yeah. Insane. Insane, dude. What it I mean it, it's so unique to me that you got to I mean, where I'm at here in the Midwest and Jay used to be in the Midwest, now Tennessee. So he's got a little bit different landscape, but you know, here you shoot a deer, you drag it out to the truck and throw it in the back of the truck and off you go and it's like you know i i was today i was watching some elk hunting videos guys out in colorado wyoming uh things like that and you know just blows my mind how much work there is after the hunt you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah quartering up that animal (laughs) hiking it down a mountain and trying to you know get back to camp it's just it's intense yep yeah i i uh I've been really busy with the move and with work and I got out of shape. Um, and it's the first fall that I've been out of shape in five years and it killed me, man. It was brutal. I pushed myself to the absolute limit. I was waking up at 2am with like full leg and back cramps, you know, when you get like the whole body's Charlie horse. So yeah, yeah, I, you're my, my passions there, my spirits there, my will is there, but Boy, if you don't ramp up right and get in really good shape before season, it's 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 brutal. So uh, getting in shape with season is one way to do it. But uh, if I can ever avoid that again, I will avoid that and do my pre-work and get in shape. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See, man, I've been thinking about the same thing. Obviously, I don't have the extent of uh, hiking and backpacking that you do, but it's just like, man, like uh, this summer, I kind of let myself go a little bit and I'm like, you know, hunting season's around the corner. Like I should go get my fat butt on a treadmill or something right now just to get prepped up, ready to go. Yeah. You know, but it's not always the easiest thing to do when you got 8 million things going on. So I, yep. I can completely relate to that for sure. Yeah. Jay just mows his lawn for two and a half hours. It's longer <laughs> than that. <laughs> That's a big lawn, man. You got Dude, some acreage. Yeah. It's well, I mean, it's not like a ton, but it's like, it's two acres, but it's on a mountainside. So, yeah. you know, it was funny because the other day I was thinking, you know, coming from skateboarding and snowboarding and, you know, especially snowboarding and going off, you know, 
20 foot, you know, huckers and, you know, and doing 40 foot tables and all this other stuff going fast. I am like now in my life, I'm like scared to mow my lawn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that rider is so tippy on some of the spots and, and I get it. You know, it's like, there's, you can only do so much of a grade, you know, and there's some moments, dude, where you like whiskey throttle that thing. And you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, how do I stop this thing? You know? And you're like, here we go. We're just going. You know? <laughs> so, and my neighbor laughs at me. He's like, cause I mean, I've never had a rider. I mean, I've never had a mow something like this, you know? And then he's, uh, he laughs and he's like, well, you picked a heck of a lawn to learn like how to use a, a rider yeah. lawnmower, yeah. you know, it's like, so but, you're, uh, you're saying you literally engage your adrenal glands mowing the lawn. Oh, dude. <laughs> like we're talking white knuckle, like <laughs> butts puckering. Like, it's, like, I mean, there is a moment, like I, I didn't even want to mow my lawn. I paid my neighbor to do it because I was so freaked out because <laughs> there's just a couple of moments because he comes over and he's like sitting halfway off the seat. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that, that's all you got to do. And I'm like, no, 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 that's yeah. not all I got to do. No, 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 no. I'm like, that's not even okay. <laughs> well, I remember yeah. as a kid having to do that, man, like mowing the ditches and stuff. You'd be half hanging Dude. half off, you know, just. Yeah. I just had that thing it. come up like once and I was like freaking out. So no, but I'm getting used to it. But yeah, it's, and I still bring out the, the push mower, you know, it's of course it's, you know, power assist, push assist. But uh, it's still a workout, man. I mean, you, I mean, between yesterday and today, it's probably about four hours of work. Burning wow. some calories, bro. You should right. be good. You should was, be good come hunting yeah, season. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Yep. Um, that's my, tra my training regiment is uh, <laughs> mowing the lawn. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, uh, what, what's uh, in Alaska right now? Like what's kind of like temperatures been roughly where you're at? Well, it's like 50 degrees right now, raining. Wow. Yeah, I think it hit 78 today. So That's a nice day. Right That's outside not... of Chicago, yeah. It sounds like the heat waves have been brutal across most of the country this summer. So I've been, it's... you know, there's there's trade-offs. Winter's long up here, but the summers are, are pretty sweet. So, Dude, it's yeah, I'm sure, down man. here. It's yeah. sucked down here for, yeah. Jesus. I mean, we're in the 90s for like a week straight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, down here it's Tennessee, so it's humidity. You know, the humidity is just, you go outside and you breathe and you're just like drenched. Yeah, right. You know, and it's like, I don't know how it is for the skinny dudes, but us bigger guys, I was like, there's a little <laughs> bit more working. So, you know, that first step, it's, you know, to the truck, you know, for the air conditioning and you're, well, oh, I'm wet. <laughs> I'm just <Alex>. drenched. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was in Florida for ICAST, dude, and I've, I've said this a couple times now, but it's just like you walk outside at like 7 in the morning, six, actually 6.30 in the morning, going to go to breakfast, and you're just like, you walk outside and instantly like just start sweating. It's just yeah. so much moisture in the air. It just instantly hits you, and it's just, yeah. I, I much, can't. I'd much rather be dealing with 50 in rain right now. I can't wait until like fall and winter. When all everybody else is going to be hiding inside, and my north, my northern blood's going to be like, "Oh, let's go for it!" <laughs> you know? I'm gonna be out there with like, you know, just like a hoodie. Everyone's gonna be freezing. Yeah, yeah. When's it start? You know, when do you guys start kind of looking at winter? Is it October or end of September? 
Um, for, well, it depends on elevation, right? And and we're all the way, so Kodiak's an island in the middle of the Pacific. So we get more temperate weather than anywhere else in Alaska because we, we've got the Pacific Ocean kind of mediating temperature. Um, but the first winter storms usually are September, but honestly, the past two days, we've had one now in the middle of August. I mean, it was howling mm. sideways rain and 12 foot seas. So it, it's already, you know, we've already had the shift here. Um, we say that the the harbinger of, of season change is the fireweed. When the fireweed changes, it gives kind of a brilliant, it looks like fire and then it's done and just blows away in the wind. Well, it's blown away. <laughs> so uh, season has changed. So, but yeah, uh, once you get, you know, a thousand feet of eleva- elevation, I mean, even now you'll start to get some snow up high. Um, it's, it changes pretty quick, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I pay attention to the animals getting furred up, right? So the bears start to get furred up end of August, beginning of September, the goats start to get furred up and that kind of tells you they're, they're getting ready. Um, who, who is it? Sean Bean winter's coming. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's intense, man. That's intense. I mean, where you're at, is it, I mean, how, how do I phrase this? Is it like completely off grid or do you guys still have like electricity where you're at like yeah so home, home base just outside of city limits um electricity internet we're good to go um i my my day job i actually um work in commercial real estate um uh, developing flex workspaces and so i do that from from regular internet like like everybody getting to do remote work which is great um, but yeah, I go a bit south for, for hunting and fishing and there's nothing. I mean, we're no people. I mean, just completely off the grid. So yeah, Kodiak proper. You can see where it says Kodiak. Yeah. Um, women, women's Bay is where the Coast Guard base is uh, just south of Kodiak there. And then you've got those big bays that cut in below Women's <laughs> Bay. And yeah, uh, right. those, okay. those are pretty fun places to go. So are you in the town of Kodiak then? Yeah, at the moment I am. Okay. Okay. Right on. Right on. What's the what's what's the population out there? So city limits, I think population's right at six thousand right now. And you've got about thirteen thousand people that, you know, are residents of Kodiak. And then you've got a flux in in the summer and fall. Um, a lot of people coming in for tourism, a lot of folks coming in for fishing and hunting. So, you know, in any given moment in summer and fall probably pretty fair to say that there might be 20 25,000 people but then in winter it shrinks down to that true number mm-hmm. i mean that's, that's the town right there huh yeah yeah that's, what's your guys power source is it is it nuclear or is it coal uh no i mean there's there's some wind turbines um and there is hydro as well um so the wind turbines and hydro and then there's some backup too but for the most part, I mean, it's pretty clean. Bro, you got a Walmart on an island, man. Safeway, <laughs> Starbucks, Walmart. I'm moving to Kodiak. It, isn't it kind of is it is it more expensive to live there than it was in Juneau? It's comparable. Um, the airfare is more expensive um, out of Kodiak. Um, I would say it ends up being about a wash, all things considered. Some things are cheaper in Kodiak than they were in Juneau, but you know, some 
I think it comes out to a wash. Basically, I think remote Alaska, you have just a handful of towns where you can like truly work from, right? Like mm -hmm. solid Wi-Fi, solid amenities, you know, good international airport. Um, I think they all they're all pretty expensive, but they're all pretty close to the same. Your your cheaper living is probably when you go to the bigger city, but when you go to the bigger city, you lose a lot of the recreation and beauty. But predominantly, Alaska is definitely more expensive than lower 48. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, yeah. you, you got to get everything trucked and shipped yeah. up there. Yeah, I well, mean, yeah. At this point for you, shipped and, and air. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, you're looking at a 60 to 70% upcharge on everything because to get it here, think of all the fuel and, and the shipping company that put all that together. So, oh, yeah. yeah, it ain't cheap. Yeah, if you don't live off the land. I mean, I, I don't see how you, you could try to justify it, but if living off the land is your passion and you do it yep. well, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with eating venison and mountain goat and halibut every day works for me. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly, dude. It's, uh, it's interesting too, right? Like I, I'm curious too, because of inflation being so crazy, like and yeah. I, I've I've watched a ton of stuff on Alaska. Like I'm absolutely fascinated, and I've told you that numerous times before. Like, what's a what's a gallon of milk at Safeway by you guys right now? Neither of us drink milk, uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure about a gallon of milk. I can tell you that eggs. Yeah, um, eggs. I think it's like freaking thirteen dollars for a dozen eggs, Jesus, something like that. Dude, dude you so, need to raise chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, done. I, I already have their whole little station set up, building the coop. Like we're 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 I'm getting the oh starting God. off as little chicks so they get acclimated right, you know, and they there you go build a good relationship with them, and they got to build the relationship with the dogs so that the dogs protect them from critters <laughs> that would eat them. But um, no, before six months is up, we'll be having our own eggs because nice. we can't afford to pay that. That's crazy. That's insane. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah, you got to yeah. have your, your greenhouse. We got a little greenhouse with some kale and lettuce and potatoes and things like that. Cause yeah, you, if you're not doing that kind of stuff, it's, you need to be independently wealthy to make that life work. Are you, uh, are you good at foraging out there? Um, it's, we're high berry season right now. I mean, I'm, I'm eating like a half pound of berries a day. Salmon berries are, are decent. The huckleberries are out of this world. I mean, you just get yourself a bag of pancake mix or, or a cake mix and go to town, you know, half berries, half the mix. And oh, it's so good. Yeah. And, and then it's, you know, that's pretty healthy cake, right? Those are pretty healthy pancakes. Yeah. If you yeah I mean, berries. you're just carving up for the next hunt, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It, it's it's fascinating to me dude it's just uh i i can imagine but i can't imagine at the same time like it's but like you said you almost have to and, and that's a thing like i think i've i've learned from everything i've seen about alaska right is a lot of the folks that live there they they live off the land like you're talking about berries you know hunting animals catching fish like without that they wouldn't survive or you know yeah. most folks wouldn't survive up there just because you said a dozen eggs 13 bucks dude that's insane it's over a buck yeah. an egg yeah it's nuts well you know, yeah. just living like you should you know what i mean it's we we've yeah. all gotten used to just eating out of boxes you know at least down here yeah. you know and it's so easy to be like man eh, i'm not gonna make dinner i'm just gonna yeah. go to mcdonald's right you yeah know, right, and right. it's just you know, I, 
just think of how much healthier he is. <laughs> like than us. His McDonald's <laughs> is up on a mountainside, you know. Yeah, He's yeah, just gotta yeah. hike five miles to get uh, there and then yeah. you know, quarter up an animal, fight off fourteen yep. brown bears and uh hike five miles back down and you know, hope he survives. <laughs> Do you get you guys got a pretty healthy wolf population over there too? No wolves on Kodiak. No wolves. That's a good interesting. Thing. I can yeah. live there then. I'll fight yeah, the bears. It's, it's yes. brown bears and brown bears only, but these brown bears are so different from other places I've lived. I mean, they're aggressive. They're I don't know that necessarily that they're habituated to people because the places I've gone are super remote. Like they're not seeing a lot of people, but that bear, he could care less. He's like, oh what's this cooler? You know, I'm just yeah. shredded it to pieces where, whereas I've not had that issue, you know, Admiralty Island uh, off of Juneau has the most dense population of brown bears on the planet. And I, you know, yeah, I had interactions with bears and would have them bluff charge me on a few occasions, but never had them tear anything up, never had them, you know, actually get in my face. And already I can tell these bears, it's a, it's a different story. I mean, you got to be careful with these guys. So what are the, what are the laws with that? I mean, like, let's, let's say you get charged. Like, what are you allowed to do ethically, you know? Best Alaskan practice is when you're able is to purchase and carry a brown bear tag. That's, that's what folks do. Like, that's your number one solution is to carry a tag with you so that if you end up in a situation where you really have to put one down because it's you or them, that you've got the tag, you're clear, you proceed. I shot my brown bear and and a couple years ago, so I'm not eligible for another brown bear for another season or two. So mm-hmm. because of that, um my recourse is please, please go away. <laughs> yeah. I can't do anything, right? Yeah. Cuz even though I got a rifle in my hand, I mean it I really can't and and don't want to use it. Now, if you're in a situation where you've got to put one down and you don't have a tag, Absolutely. If you're defending yourself, you can do that, but you have to show proof and you got to give up the hide. You got to give up the meat. You got to give up the skull. None of it's yours. And if you're 10 miles in, you got to pack it out is the rule. Oh, oh my! and so really, I mean, yes, you can defend yourself, but the amount of work that goes into that for something you don't even get. Oh man. How can they even, how can they even do an investigation? Cause I'd be like, I'm dropping a pin. You know, it's like, <laughs> you guys can come look at this area. I'll tell you where I was. Well, and yeah. that's the thing, too. Like you said, you got to prove it, right? And, uh, you know, that's uh, how do you do that unless you're carrying a GoPro around, which I'm sure most common folks in that area aren't, you know, recording everything they do, you know? Right. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've, I mean, it's it's a tough deal. I mean, I I. Rule of thumb, yeah. if you've got someone in your group that has a tag, you're, you're good, right? You're, you're in the clear, you're safe, um, you know, and you just hope you never end up in that situation. But I've never personally ended up in that situation because I, I truly believe they sense confidence. They know when someone's confident. I think mm-hmm. they smell it on you. They smell the pheromones of, I, you know what you're doing. And, you know, part of me knowing what I'm doing, well, I've got a high-powered rifle with me, too, and that doesn't hurt. And I sure. think they can sense, you know, they sense when I know, okay, try it. I'm right here. Um, yeah. But uh, I, you know, not being able to carry a tag at the moment, it definitely felt a little bit different, you know, crawling through that brush, like, well, shoot, I can't even necessarily, you know, in an easy, you know, straightforward fashion, take one. Because when you put in the work on these animals, it's so personal to just sure. give that up and say, 
here's this hide that I hiked out, you know, 10 miles and then put it on a boat for 20 miles and then drove for 60 miles. Like that's a, that's a lot to give up. So yeah, I hope I never have to cross that bridge. Well, what's, what's fascinating to me and what I'm curious about, right? Cause you're not originally from Alaska, correct? No, like I was, born, I, I was born in Colorado. That's what I thought you were born in, in the West, but how did you learn all this stuff? Like, is it just from living up there and having some mentors, just doing consistent research? Like, I, I mean, how do you figure out how to survive in the, what they call the last frontier, man? It's yeah, the true um, wild west. I think in a lot of things, you know, there's <laughs> there's nature and nurture and there's a percentage of both, right? Like some people inherently take to um, certain characteristics of living and there's there's skill involved there's passion involved you know you know even your body right like being six four with long arms and webbed feet you know all right that's maybe i'm a little bit of a an aquatic person like it, it fits me um but yeah the passion from a young age was huge my dad loved to hunt and fish and so i got to learn you know a bit from him and then you know i kind of took my own path at a, at a pretty early age, um, just getting out on my own, even if it was just trails in the neighborhood kind of thing. Right. Or when I started driving, driving to places and getting out. And, um, you know, I think, uh, the combination of, of nature and nurture is huge. A, a lot of that gets, um, ingrained in us when we're really young, you know, we're so impressionable on, on what we should be or can be, or, or able to be passionate about, um, and then, you know, in terms of what I read and media and that kind of thing, if you're if you're really into going north, I mean, there's there's really only one frontier left. And I've, I've seen the world. And I mean, there's places in Alaska that are truly frontier still. And you just really can't say that about a vast percentage of the planet now. I mean, yeah. there's 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 so many places where that I love to go to when I was younger in Colorado. And I remember the last couple of trips that I took, I'm like so stoked for my Alpine trips to go fly fish for trout and just scout and glass, you know, bighorn sheep and elk and go up there and there's freaking caravans of 60 trucks, you know, straight through coming from Texas and all these RVs and stuff set up. And um, Colorado's beautiful, but uh, she's, she's pretty populated at this point. So you know, yeah. I think that, that kind of steered me um, because the idea of, OK, can I live the life that I want to live in the lower 48? I mean, you can, but you're really buying your isolation in the lower 48. Right. You're the kind of person that has the wealth that you can buy a ranch. Right. Sure. So that exists. But I, I'm a, not of that uh, financial means, whereas in Alaska, I mean, yeah, you still have to buy in and it's, it's expensive, but you don't have to buy a ranch to do it. Right. So sure. it's, it's, uh, it's more attainable. Um, but you, you pay for it in the winters and the hard work and all that, but yeah. Well, I, th it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Alaska has the most public land out of all 50 States, right? Oh yeah. By far yeah. and away. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what, uh, so An Anwar, <clears throat> um, Arctic national wildlife refuge is the size of the state of South Carolina. That's just one of our refuges, just one. <laughs> so, you know, you drive to South Carolina and it's, it's not a particularly small state. That's just one of our refuges. And if you look at Anwar on a map, it's just a tiny chunk of Northern Alaska. And I think the ratio is still the same too. that. Like there's only 
only 15% of Alaska has roads and and is populated and the rest the rest of the 85% is still just wild. Yeah, basically we the folks that really get after it hunting and fishing, if you're doing anything off of the road system, it's like a category of fishing and hunting. It's like, yeah, it's kind of it is what it is. It's something you do real quick on a weekend if you don't have time for anything else. The real hunting and fishing, you're getting in a boat or you're getting in a plane. Mm-hmm. And you're going to places where people don't usually go. And that's that's what sets Alaska apart. I mean, you're you're seeing fish and wildlife that that really don't see people as much. And it, it's just a game changer. I mean, we're going out and the halibut fishing here is so awesome. It's unbelievable. We love oh, halibut. Yeah, dude. And oh, uh, mo- mm-hmm. most places that I've halibut fished, um, even closer to cities in Alaska, like they get fished out. You don't come across, you know, really big halibut consistently. And some places that I've found, I mean, there's really big halibut consistently. It's a blast. Yeah. And like, really are you going out in your, like in that. your boat just straight out? Or, I mean, are you driving to a location or taking a puddle jumper or a bush plane or something? Yeah. I mean, just financially, you know, once you have a boat, you know, you know what boat stands for, uh, bring, bring on another thousand, you're kind of tied to the boat. Yeah. Right. You're tied to it. And so I, I try to use the boat. Um, but I, I've done some float plane trips and that's a blast. It it almost feels like cheating, right? Once you do everything on foot and with a boat, when you do the float plane, you like arrive and you're like, Oh, this was nice. (laughs) Yeah. You pay, you pay for it, but yeah. Like there's some fish there man no kidding yeah then like you know just for good measure we got a deer head (laughs) (laughs) yeah true true surf and turf table there man so it's a a, a 10 foot cleaning table to give you an idea of the size of the table there those are some huge slabs of meat dude it is like right off the road just imagine doing that like up in illinois yeah Yeah. right people be freaking out That's insane, dude. So yeah. the amount of meat that's there, right? Just just the fish alone, like how long does that does that last you? Um, well, I mean, I, I try to be uh generous to friends, family coming over, that kind of thing. So it's not just, you know, two of us eating it. Um, but yeah, I mean it halibut have the largest yield of any fish meat wise. I mean, there's just they're mostly meat. I mean, you're talking 80% plus of the halibut is all meat. So even just the halibut you see there, you know, that I'm holding up, um, if it's just two people, you could eat on that halibut for two months um, oh, wow. and, and you'd be good to go. Um, but, but yeah, it goes a little fish. bit quicker for me because we're people are coming over and that kind of thing. How much does that fish weigh that you're holding? That's a 75-pound mm, halibut. Jesus, dude. So that's at the <laughs> upper end of what we call chickens. So once you start getting above about 75 pounds, then, you know, it's bigger than a chicken halibut. But we call them chickens because the meat's just, oh, man, super tender and super nice. And, you know, it's not not a big garage door. But, um, you know, every season so far, and I, and I haven't caught mine yet, um, I, I catch them over 100. And uh, that's, a, that's a different class halibut. When, the, when those suckers start coming up, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Now you're going to tell me you catch them on ugly sticks. Um, I have an ugly stick that, oh, that I have caught them on. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, uh, I like using skates. Um, so you, you, you drop a line with a couple of hooks and, and bait the hook. And 
um, you, you know, that's that's actually quite a bit of fun, too, because you can work on other things while that's while that's soaking. So um, but no, I mean, a, a rod and reel or a skate. I mean, they're halibut are just fun. It's just fun seeing them. I mean, they're they're sea monsters when you're pulling them up. So no kidding. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, just monstrous, man. What are you guys using for bait to catch those? Yeah, it's kind of funny, right? So um, salmon are, are a sport fish and they're, they're, a, they're a blast to, to fish with. And some of our species of salmon we can use as bait. And, uh, and so the best thing to do is to go salmon fishing. And at this point in my life, you know, the salmon that we can use as bait, you know, you catch them and, in, and instead, you know, I still fillet them, right? And I'm, I'm eating the fillets, but I'm really excited about the salmon because they're halibut bait, you know, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're pretty good halibut bait. Halibut loves squid and octopus, but you know, so far I, I haven't found any honey holes to pull up squid and octopus. So salmon, sure. salmon's the jam for, for halibut. Um, the halibut will chase the salmon straight up the, into the estuaries, up the streams. So, I mean, they're, they're super predatory. So really? They, they key, yeah. They key on the salmon big time. So can they take out a salmon? Oh like, man, but I'd say fifteen percent of the time that I pull halibut up, they've got ten pound salmon in their belly. Really, they just yeah. don't look like that kind of fish. Well, yeah, they're yeah, they're so, kind of like a flounder, right? Where they sit on the bottom, flat, well, right? Yeah, yeah. Body composition, right? Flounders in that same family, but halibut have this expandable jaw that, yeah, they're flat, and then the jaw just kind of goes like this. Um, so it's deceptive. And, and because they're so flat, right, it's also deceptive, right? That 75-pound halibut, like, yeah, he covers up most of my body, but the jaw on that fish, he's swallowing salmon. So it's like kind of like a largemouth, just like, this inhales. and <laughs> Well, a, a largemouth with rows of fangs. I mean, the, the oh, two people yeah. on that 70-pound, you know, I still got cuts in my fingers just picking them up and working with them, right? But they've, they've got sharp teeth. I mean, they'll, they'll grab onto stuff and not let go. See, I kind of thought they were more like a sturgeon in the mouth. Like, and that's completely different. Yeah, no, they're they totally teeth. I knew they had teeth. That sounds yeah. horrifying. <laughs> so all the all the old school, the older fishermen, like guys in their seventies and eighties, you know, they would long line for halibut, and they all had stories of big halibut taking fishermen out. Right. So the fisherman reaches, you know, to start, you know, getting that line up off the long line, and the big halibut grabbing onto fishermen and yanking them in. So yeah, I mean, you can Google. Google uh, Alaskan halibut, you know, taking taking fishermen, and, and you'll get a bunch of stories. Yeah, it turns out Nessie's really a halibut. <laughs> right, right, for sure. <laughs> they're aggressive too. I mean, they're, they're so aggressive and they're strong. I mean, if they if once they get above a hundred pounds, yeah. if that thing grabbed a hold of you and you're in the water, you know, yeah. I'm. I, at one point in my life, I was an elite swimmer, and I don't think I'm out swimming a hundred pound halibut. He's taking well, me down if he wants to. Plus, they're flat, so right. So I mean, they're used to staying down. It's kind of like I don't want to say like a catfish because they're different, but those type of fish are just like flatter and used to staying on, you know, staying down. So they're going to take you. That's crazy, though, man. When, when they I get going, imagine. just think of their body. The whole thing's a tail. The whole yeah. thing's just yeah. Boom. I mean, when they when they when they, when you got them on a uh, hook hook and rod, I mean, oh man. The, the way that they pull drag when they start going, there's nothing like it. I mean, it just screams. You, you better have your fingers clear of the reel because they're going crazy. <laughs> what what pound test are you using line-wise to catch those? Yeah, fish? I mean, 
the most guys and and I'm no exception, you've got to use braided line and you're you're looking at a hundred pound test. Um, because if you get on a big one and you busted line, and I've never busted line on a big one, but that would be so heartbreaking because you don't get yeah. so many opportunities, right? Those big fish are, you know, there's more of them here in Kodiak, but even still, you never take any opportunity for granted. So you you come loaded for bear when you're fishing for halibut. I almost thought you guys are going to be running like something with like a steel core or something. Yeah. So yeah. on our halibut setups, you have a, a steel um, leader that hangs out two arms. And then we've got a hook on one side, a hook on the other, and then a weight at the bottom. And usually have either steel or kind of a synthetic um, like plastic covering over the braid. Mine has steel. So everything that's near their mouth is steel. You don't want mm-hmm. any fishing line near their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's that intense. Like, how how deep yeah. are you typically fishing these things? Summertime, right? They're starting to chase salmon up the stream, so you can get halibut into Shallow. fifty feet of water. I mean, fifty forty feet of water. Um, I showed you guys a photo of one I caught on a seven weight fly rod a couple of years ago, just to see if it could be done, right? But no, they they come in shallow. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. What about non summer months? Like, are you are you still trying to catch them in in you know, spring and fall? You can, but they go deeper. Yeah. So summer, they're up shallow um, and they start, my experience is everything starts turning in October. So you're going to have a hard time finding them after after that. October in shallow water. And so you just got to think, you know, everything's a, a trade-off, right? Like pulling a big halibut up from 400 feet. Oh, it's brutal. Pulling a big halibut up from 80 feet, it's still brutal, but that's not yeah, near not as rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And deeper <laughs> down up here in the North Pacific, we get bad sea lice. And so the sea lice are really, really, really bad deep. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll start to literally chew out halibut really fast. So I had a smaller one this past weekend, and uh, the sea lice already started getting around his uh, the edge of his fins and were just drilling in on him. Um, so, I mean, they're freaking scary the sea lice are they're just like you know think of like scarab beetles that's how that's how the sea lice are have you ever thought about eating those things i've seen videos of people are you know they're 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 i don't know they're foraging them off the off the beaches and i don't know i've watched way too many of those yeah yeah boy that's a special that's a special person that wants to eat sea lice or is it like (laughs) is it sand lice is it the same thing i I can't remember i think there's sea lice i think you're thinking of sand fleas oh my god that is sand fleas yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. right that is weird too (laughs) yeah 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 it's all weird (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, I've never heard of someone eating sea lice. I'm like, holy cow, that's a wild individual. Hey, man, if the lights go out, a lot of stuff can happen. (laughs) A lot lot of stuff makes it on the plate. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's uh, foraging off the land there, I Uh, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jesus. So, like, during... That's I was going to say, when you, you know, you're catching halibut, salmon, trout, do you, are you going after cod or anything else? I don't even know if that's around you. Yeah, lingcod. So lingcod, are, they're a cod species. They're also super aggressive. They got two big front fangs. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of famous that every odd lingcod, I don't even know what the percentage is. They're blue and the meat's blue. Oh, um, yeah, that's You know, right. like you probably heard of blue lobster. Like you get it more frequently in lingcod, but they're tasty, super tasty. We actually just had our lingcod opener a few weeks ago. Um, 
I've not caught one yet this season. I'm not, I'm not selectively chasing them because our, our favorite is halibut. And then, um, you know, Juno area, we only had one run of sockeye and it was 65 miles out of town. And, uh, I actually never personally got to go chase sockeye there here. We've got several rivers that have sockeye and I like to smoke salmon and, uh, a river that I'm actually headed to, uh, in a day, um, they just upped the limit to 10. And so you can make what's called salmon candy. You brine it really, really heavy. Um, and sockeye is really the only species that will hold it. And so it's like a hard smoke. Oh man. I, you know, I don't have sweets, but, uh, I'll make some salmon candy and it's pretty good. So <laughs> I broke, I broke down, you know, I've done, you know, DIY and just make my own smokers and Traegers have gotten so nice. So I broke down and I got a Traeger. So I've got my nice. regular smokers and a Traeger. So if I get a batch of 10, spread them out across all of them. And I end up eating like a 10th of what I smoke, just standing around the smoker mm. testing. Right. But Josiah's, go, Josiah's going bougie. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man, it's, but it's so nice. Uh, so the Traeger's sweet. If you want to do a whole leg um, uh, off of deer or off a of goat, oh man, it does such a good job. So yeah, I know, I know, but it's nice. It, it's, it's, it's nice, dude. Like, I know a few guys that have it. Like, Brad's one, and he did that whole uh, backstrap last year at deer camp, uh, you know, from a deer. Yeah. He did that wrap, whatever, day. And, yeah, I mean, dude, it, you get the smoke, you get the grill effect. Like, you get it all in one shot, which is super, super nice. Yeah, that yeah. was an amazing day. We ate a lot of different kind of animals. <laughs> yeah, <we did. laughs> All in one shot. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Pheasant, deer, and duck or something, right? Or yeah, oh, I and, forget. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, there's something else I thought too, but yeah, it was one of I mean, you know. That sounds like like one of them Duck Dynasty turduckins deals, right? Like yeah. a, a pig with a goat with a duck with a chicken. They, yeah. They were all cooked separately, but we did yeah. eat them all at the same time. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. I miss Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat wild game like that. You know, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. so healthy for you. Super lean, not injected, full of a bunch of garbage. You know, it's like. No wonder you look so good, Josiah. You know, I'll, I'll say this, and this is, you know, it's interesting. And I, I, it was dark, and so I didn't take a photo. But this buck that you um, uh, took a, showed a photo of a few minutes ago, he had a testicle the size of a grapefruit. And I was like, what in the world is going on here? Um, it looked like he had an udder. And I'm like, did I get a hermaphrodite <laughs> buck or what's going on here? Um, you know, his, he, his he's antlers. strutting around cute. town like, what's up? He was, uh, he was out looking for love, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had her release yeah. the beast. <laughs> but, it, but apparently there's like uh, the deer that in the, in the wintertime here, the deer eat a lot of kelp. And even okay. though we're far removed from weird stuff that's in the ocean, apparently there's like a high concentration of craziness that the kelp take on in the ocean and so current bringing stuff from everywhere else in the world and apparently it's a thing that like these every once in a while folks are reporting like big bucks with grapefruit sized testicles um but yeah and, and he had one that was regular right and i pulled the regular one it's the size of an egg right a duck egg and i'm like okay that's normal and i'm like what is this thing but i was worried for a second i'm like well did this deer have bad juju in him is he safe to eat it's the yeah, first right. time ever that I questioned that, but I researched it and it's fine. It's just 
dude had a lot of testosterone. Let me tell you, he had a you know, lot of testosterone. You know, it's funny. You're now like on a watch list for looking that stuff up. Probably <laughs> <laughs> like, like Google's like, I don't know what's up with this guy, but he's looking up some weird stuff. Weird stuff. Like when there was he- an article. <laughs> Hey, there was a, there was a scarlet first hit was a scholarly article. No weird stuff. Right. I was, I, to your point, I was like, Oh crap, what's going to come up when I look this up. But when I looked it up, it was a scholarly scholarly article, read it and like, yeah. And it was, it was in that area of Kodiak that they were finding in that way too. So yeah. Right after that, he's on Amazon buying kelp. There you go. This this you is know. a good way to yeah. Any help companies that are listening out there, uh, here's your marketing tool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why freaking rhinos and tigers are going extinct, right? Is for the same uh, desire that that dudes have. So. And, and yeah, and, there, and it was just kelp. That's all you needed, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you heard it here on Paddle and Fish. Kill right. a rhino. Don't need to kill a tiger. Just that's go to the right. Leave those animals kelp. alone. Head for the ocean. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild man it's geez our planet is so wild so wild yeah. that things like that can occur in in wildlife man it's it's not you know it's one of those things where you're just like uh i'd be the same way is this okay to eat like should i i, I had to look it I up eat? i was like oh man <laughs> that's nuts that's nuts yeah you've been doing some crabbing too right you know, Kodiak's a, a weird deal. Um, so halibut like the crab. So you, okay. you've got a bit of a trade-off with your big flatfish and, and your crab. But then the other thing is sea otters. Sea otters, oh, they're yeah. beautiful. They're cuddly. <clears throat> so when the Russians owned Alaska, I mean, they raped and pillaged the land. And and sea otters were on the top of their list. So they, they cleaned the sea otters out. Well, we've owned Alaska from Russia for a while. I think uh, Putin, I, I do believe he made a play. Someone someone in his regime made a play a couple months ago saying, yeah, we want Alaska back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the governor of Alaska was like, you know, we're heavily armed. Go ahead and try it. So uh, it's really weird, <laughs> yeah. really weird deal. But anyhow, the sea otters have made a comeback. They're all over halibut like to eat crab. Um, and so there's not many crab uh, close to town, at least where we're at. Um, okay. And messing with big ocean swells so right southeast alaska you've got all these big islands protecting you from big ocean swells kodiak we're out in the middle of it so big yeah, ocean right. swells they're right there so trying to pull crab pots if it gets snagged on the bottom or something you get yourself in trouble right so i mean think of deadliest catch i mean that's that's what you're trying to pull but um i see a bunch of snow crab and king crab legs on the beach so when i'm done doing more fun stuff i might turn my attention to it but um, no, in Southeast Alaska, I mean, I, I got after the crab, but haven't done a whole lot of crabbing since I've moved here. And it looks like the guys that are crabbing, they're on big crabbing boats, boats going way yeah. out. So, well, and it's, it's pretty gnarly that, that passageway between Kodiak and the, and the other islands or the peninsula that comes out from Maine, Alaska, right? That like, yeah, yeah, that, that's a pretty gnarly passage right there. Right. I, I know from some of the stuff I've seen, there's been a lot of big boats and shipwrecks like going through there. If the wind and the wind waves are way or something like that. Yeah. I had to upgrade to a much bigger boat coming here because it's just not safe and in a smaller boat. So, um, and that's on good days. Right. And I've had a couple of times where it was a calm day. It was nice. 
and we're coming back and all of a sudden we've got 12 foot seas and it's gnarly and it's just howling. It changes oh, so fast. So yeah, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, it, there's no coincidence that the largest coast guard base on the planet is here on Kodiak. It's on the rock. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother education you got to take under too. Yeah. If you're not on the water and uh, I can't even, imagine. Oh, I would be, man, I'd be crying probably externally. <laughs> yeah. yeah i definitely have to i have to put on my my captain's hat and my captain's face when running the boat because it's it's serious you you can get in oh, trouble so you got to be careful yeah yeah i mean i think the roughest seas i've ever been in is five six feet on lake michigan which mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty freaking gnarly um because those those waves stack right on top of each other you know yeah but i mean still man it's uh I don't know. Water is such a powerful beast and it could take you out so unexpectedly. Um, You just got to be prepared for the worst, you know, is what it seems like. And not only that, but I mean, I'm a big fan of deadliest catch. I'm not going to lie. You know, they always talk about the water temperatures up there, right? Like that's the thing. Hypothermia is, is serious, serious up there. Yeah. When I don't bring the kayak, if the boat's ever too deep at high tide to get to, I got to swim for it. And it's always ice cream headache and take your breath away, even on a hot, sunny day. You know, when it's 60 and sunny, you can mentally think like, yeah, I can do this. I'll swim out to it. And I do it, but, you know, it yeah. takes all oh, the breath dude. out of you. And, and that's just it <laughs> on a calm, sunny day, right? You fall in in the winter and everything. Oh. Yeah, because you... the, what are the water temps right now? 40 degrees? 40s? Yeah. Are you dry suiting it out there or no? When I swim for the boat to bring it in? It doesn't sound like you do it then. <laughs> no, nah, just skivvies, man. Just, all right, I'm going to go get her. Dude. You know, for, the most, for the most part, you hope that timing of your hunting and fishing, you work with the tides and you can just wait her up or yeah. you just bring your kayak and use the kayak back and forth. So whether it's a hard kayak or an inflatable, but sometimes with all the gear and if you're bringing multiple people, you got to sacrifice what you're bringing. So when I sacrifice that kind of stuff, sometimes it means I'm getting wet. Wow. I am truly lazy. <laughs> I know that now. <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, yeah. You know, so, supposedly <laughs> the cold water immersion super good for like your, uh, like everything. Like there's yep. this yeah. method of just getting in cold water. Yep. So yeah, I yeah. tell myself that whenever I'm doing things like this, like, oh man, I'm improving my, my vascular health. This is great. Yep. But uh, it's painful there for the first few minutes. Yeah, they talk about that with cold showers and stuff. Like, but yeah, but so you can like wean your way into that. But you're like full on boom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is it like Norway or Sweden? They cut they cut like big blocks of ice out so you could jump in and then get out and then you're supposed to get in a hot tub or something and like it's something uh for your body it it, it rejuvenates it or something along those lines and it's supposed to be really really good for you you know yeah. to sit, uh, what is it cold shock therapy or something is what i think they re- refer yeah, that's to. that's why that's why a lot of football players they'll dunk them in they'll sit in those Takes big bad. ice tubs yeah they, like and it's true like i can't speak to it either but yeah there's some like real benefits for your body um, to basically repair itself too. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's like, cause we're so used to warm showers and warm baths and like really where it's at is, you know, being in the cold. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, the first and foremost is just an in inflammation, right? Any of us that yep. are dealing with inflammation. And so for me, after a big hike, it, it actually sounds kind of nice sometimes to go get yeah. in the cold water just from the inflammation, right? My freaking feet, bet. my ankles, my knees, my hips, my back, my neck. So, yeah. Jump in that cold water for five minutes and then I'll yeah. help remedy that. Yeah. So, so you don't have any like bigger dangerous fish that you know so we're we're out on this trip two weeks ago and uh we're going to pull our skate and i thought that there must have been a dolphin screwing around uh on the side of the boat and she looks at me and says there's a shark and the shark was freaking i mean he was eight foot eight and a half foot this is a salmon shark and guess what a salmon shark's closest cousin is your great whites Oh, and wow. I was just freaking swimming in that water. And I'm like, <laughs> and, you, oh, and you still do it. Like, so but now we're, we already know Brian will never do that. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But it's, I, you know, I, I, I know they're around, but he was getting shallow. They, I, you know, I've never seen him shallow ever, but they're chasing salmon and boat was next to a salmon stream and we're pulling out and going. And I'm like, Oh man. And sure enough, one of the fish that I pulled up, he took a huge wet bite out of that fish three foot radius on the bite mark oh wow so, so yeah no salmon sharks are are in the water and they're they're gnarly i uh what's the guy's name british guy who does the uh river monsters um he, oh he jeremy actually, wade yeah. yeah yeah he went he went swimming with salmon sharks and like covered himself in herring and stuff and they didn't bite him so apparently apparently we're safe but it still looks gnarly yeah Man. i no. anything with teeth and a jaw like that no I'm good. So I was thinking, I was thinking about like killer whales too, like or something. Oh, they're they're all over it. You know, I've never heard of them messing with people. Um, you know, we're too bony and not fatty enough, I think. But yeah, bro, have the... you never seen Free Willy, Jay? Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what they yeah they teach that in schools with Free Willy. You know, right? <laughs> that's the yeah. we, we that's actually the curriculum. Love, uh, there's there's two cultures of killer whales. There's your salmon eating culture. And those tend to be the, the killer whales and or the orcas that are struggling because salmon runs in a lot of places are struggling. And then you've yeah. got your transient orcas, which don't eat fish. They eat marine mammals. Whenever the transient orcas show up, we're all cheering because the marine mammals are hitting the fish. Right. So when the orcas mm-hmm. come after them, all of a sudden the fishing's, you know, it gets a boost. So yeah, when those, when those uh, transient orcas come around we're we applaud, they turn the water red, man. They'll clean an area out. Wow. All, all I'm learning from Josiah is that he lives in a very dangerous place and frequently puts himself in the center of those dangerous places. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, I mean, the, hey, same, that, the same adrenal living. glands that you're engaging when you mow the lawn, I'm engaging <laughs> on a daily basis getting my food up here. I, I doubt that seriously, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I mean, I'm planning on like, okay, if this thing rolls on top of me, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you might have to run, fight, maybe Call fight back. I'm not sure. Save you, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, no, dude. it's it's gnarly, man. There's there's a lot of stuff here that if you um, if you do the wrong thing, it could get you for sure. So it's 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 the real deal. And and yeah, I mean, Kodiak stuff is bigger. The the fish and the animals in the water are bigger the bears are bigger um and and the seas are bigger so it's it's kind yeah, of it's crazy, it's, it's alaska's alaska out here man yeah. 
How many people go missing in Kodiak every year? <laughs> I don't know an exact number, but we I've talked as I plan trips to go to particular places as a best practice. I'll call fishing game and ask them about, you know, how people have done in an area, things to watch out for, that kind of thing. And the last couple places I've gone to, they've made comments. Yeah, someone died out there last year. So heads up, you know, so. Wow. Just the thing, wow. all we got to worry about really out here is like the occasional uh, black bear and meth heads. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh, boy. I don't even think that's close. I, I mean, as a good rule of thumb, I'm sure you're you're leaving kind of your travel plans with, you know, a few people in town that know where you're going to be and what your plans are, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you got to... we. For the most part, everybody's in reaching it up as a best practice as well. So you've got your comms on you. You know, you're an SOS button away if stuff stuff really does get crazy. It's just gonna um, ask that. Yeah. Do you, yeah. you carry you carry that one you can text on too? Is that that yeah. one you can text? Okay. You yeah. probably got the really nice one that's like five hundred bucks. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah. The the Garmin inReach. I got the mini just because doing Alpine oh, okay. stuff, I've, I've got to get my weight down. I'm just yeah. breaking my back once I've got meat on it. Right. But um, no, the inReach mini is what we went with fresh this season. And I like it. We, we tried it out. I had a, I had a super, uh, you know, uh, do you guys ever hear the TV show alone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, you know, I've had in my brain the past couple of trips, I always have beavers walking out, you know, during hunting season and I've never taken one and, you know, waiting until the, the opener for, for beavers, for fur bearers, you know, you got to do that. But I've been walking through these dang beaver dams and they always tick me off because you're walking through six inches of water. And then the beaver dams, it's freaking eight feet deep and you got to walk all the way around it or mm, try right. to, you know, pogo stick through it. And I'm like, you dang beavers. And, uh, I, I had this beaver come out and he's like a freaking 80 pound beaver. And, oh, uh, yeah. a, he was really lucky because uh, a buck walked out, uh, I don't know, 10 seconds after I saw him and I'm like, oh, I'll come back to you. And of course, the beaver was gone after I got the buck. But um, I was thinking after watching that show that, that that'd be pretty dang sweet to get after them. But uh, everybody keeps getting sick when they when they eat these beavers. <laughs> like I was watching really? alone and every everybody that ate beaver yeah. ended up losing on the show. Why funny. is that? I mean, they don't eat. They don't eat red meat, right? They carry Giardia. So their beaver ponds are stagnant. So the guys were scraping fat and meat off the hide and eating mm-hmm. it a couple days after and probably not cooking it oh, all the way through yeah. would be my guess. But but yeah, anyhow, the uh, the idea of being able to to reach over, I reached over. I'm like, man, I just passed up a monster beaver. And we're <laughs> laughing about it. And like, ah, we would have died anyways. So no That's worries. hilarious. Yeah, well, I, think I saw uh, it was on the Meat Eater podcast, right? They've been doing this thing, uh, or Meat Eater YouTube channel. They've been doing this thing where they cook up like just oddball animals that you would never think of to eat. Like, part of just... my plate, yes, yes. And they and, and I think they did one with a beaver, yeah, hmm. either that or it was in a meat eater hunting episode with yeah. Renella doing it and they slow cooked that beaver for like i think it was like 10 hours or something they said it was just yeah. absolutely phenomenal 
I've eaten it. I've never taken one myself, uh, but I've eaten them and they're, they're really good. Uh, porcupine's real good too. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the Giardia, they're basically chilling in cesspools most of their life, right? So you yeah. want to get that hide off and don't be draping hide over the meat that you're going to eat, that kind of thing. That's probably where the guys messed up on alone is that when they're draping it, right? Skinning it mm -hmm. out, a little bit of fur touched. And I'm sure that fur is just rancid with Giardia. So. And I don't think people really realize like how big beavers can get. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I in reached over because I'm like, dude, I just saw an 80 pound beaver. He was a monster. I yeah. thought it was a bear cub. I'm like, what the heck yep. was he? Was that cub alone? You I've know? seen one. I've seen one that big in Illinois. Uh, yeah. In some back area, like off a river. Yeah. And I was because I mean I was like looking across. I'm like, what is that thing? Because I it's basically around this lake that I would fish all the time. And then yeah. I saw it move and I'm like, what the hell is that? I mean, it got a little closer and it was huge. I mean, that thing is, I mean, it's as high, it, they sit as high as like a table. You know, yeah. they're so, so giant. I mean, I know like when we're fishing in rivers, every now and then you come across one, but I've never seen one that big because they'll, they'll, you know, of course they'll be beside you and smack their tail and scare the crap out of you, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but I've never seen one that big ever since. So I mean, I can only imagine because out by you, there ain't no pressure, you know, except right. not for man anyway, not like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Wolves yeah. will get after them where, where you've got wolves and bears will get after them every once in a while. But those beavers are smart, man. They make their lodge with an entrance underwater. So if you're going to try and dig them out, good luck. <laughs> Intense, man. Intense. Well, we've uh, we've had you for over an hour, dude, and uh, we appreciate your time and yeah, yeah, uh, thanks, guys. Just just talking and catching up, dude. It's uh, I don't know, it's fascinating to me. I always dream about making it to Alaska, and I don't know. Now, after talking to you, I think I want to stay home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I uh, I've got these guys here in town right now. They're working on a real estate project that that I'm working on and I invited them to go fishing with me and I told them, hey, we're going to leave around 4 a.m. It's going to be about 17 miles each way on an ATV. I'm going to carry the rifle with me. You know, here's the gear that you need to have. And after I explained everything, you know, and it was a what I perceive as a pretty generous offer to say, hey, you know, hop in. Yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. care of everything. They're like, that sounds like a lot of work. I'm like, it is a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, man, I'm going to sleep in. I'm like, okay, no worries. <laughs> yep. 17 miles on an ATV and then go fishing? Like, are you fishing a river or are you going like out in a boat after the no. 17 miles? Yeah, river. So I'd take the boat out, but we've got 10 foot seas this weekend. And so the ATV is like the, it's the, the fail safe when the weather's no bueno for the boat. Who cares if it's blowing in an ATV, right? So yeah, let's yeah. do it. That's rad. I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it. Hey, when you I'm guys in. are ready, just holler. I mean, there's there's I, plenty of fish. You're not gonna fish out my holes. I I can tell you that. I know it's like because I know last time you're like, come on out, and I'm like, man, I so want to. Yeah. It's like, is, oh. it, is there an airport in Kodiak? Yeah, Alaska or is Airlines. It like small baby. plane. No, oh, no, okay. Alaska Airlines. Take take the big plane. You got you got to stop over in Anchorage, but it's uh you know flight time. It's freaking thirty five minutes from Anchorage to Kodiak. Cause you're just oh, flying that over bad. that, that channel you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't bad at all. Nah, no, nope. no, it's, it's not too bad. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely even the fishing. You want to be, you know, at least in decent shape for whatever weather throws at you. That's the curveball, right? You you plan your trips to not have expensive airfare months ahead, right? Because if you buy last minute, good luck. It's going to be expensive. So you have no idea what the weather is going to do. So, you know, I just have the ATV, have the boat ready, you know, and, and whatever weather gives, that's what you what you go for. So, yeah. Bring everything. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> He'd, yeah. he'd like be in the garage just crates <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 a constant conversation that we have because for me to be safely geared up i've i basically have a full garage dedicated to hunting and fishing and i don't feel like it's overkill because in any given season i'm gonna have to use the gear that i have but i don't sure. use it every weekend i don't even use it every month because i have some gear subsets right that are mm -hmm. dedicated to a specific thing so to yeah. an outsider, it's like, dude, you're a gear junkie. And I'm like, yeah. I want to be safe, you know? So I don't know. There, yeah. there might be a happy medium, but guys that really know how to get after it, you pretty much have to have your own garage or basement. And and that's how it is. Yeah. I know I get made fun of because, uh, you know, like, why do you have three pairs of 17 inch boots? I'm like, well, these are not insulated. These are for the warmer weather. These are insulated and these are just for like getting muddy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> completely logical. The completely yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense to me. I don't know why, you know. You can get yeah. round trip for 940 bucks from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not horrible. No, the Chicago Anchorage flights direct as well. There's a, there's a direct from Chicago to Anchorage. Yeah. Yeah. It goes Chicago to Anchorage, Anchorage to Kodiak. And then coming back, it was Kodiak to Anchorage, Anchorage to Seattle, Seattle to Chicago. That ain't bad either. Yeah. yeah. I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. We've got a, a look up Dolly Varden. If you, if you like catching. Oh, I know fit. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, the dollies here it's unbelievable dolly fishing and it's funny because at this point in my life i mean i i like catching the big halibut right I like catching sure. big salmon second to big halibut and so dollies are further down on the list but um come october the dollies get colored up with this bright orange belly and like a neon green top they're gorgeous fish and we get you know three four five six pound dollies um they're they're pretty cool up here but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just fun. it's funny to me now because it's a total like afterthought fish. Whereas ten years ago, I thought, "Oh man, you got to catch a colored up dolly. That's so sweet." How, but, why do they call them Dolly Vardens? You know, a lot of animals in Alaska got named after you know people who did stuff. So I'm sure that's that's what it is. I couldn't tell you. I could Google it real quick and pull it up. Yeah. But yeah, we just call I them dollies. Right because yeah. I, I was like, I was on the line of like, well, Dolly Parton. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, it's. Uh, I think Dolly Varden preceded Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. They like, almost look like a, a, a cross between a brook and a steelhead. You know, when the steelhead are coming in and like yeah, spawn and they get that, that dark red belly almost. So do dollies are a char. So they're the same as brooks in, in terms yeah. of in the char family, but. Yeah. Interesting. I almost would have thought salmon. It's not it's not giving you how they got their name though. Let's see if I can find it. They can attain a much larger size up to 27 pounds. Yeah, yeah, when they go sea run, they get big yeah. cuz they, you know, they get their nutrients from the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Life history. 
Let's see if it says. <laughs> this is their learning time right now. Right, right. So yeah. everyone listening on the podcast, there are a bunch right. of words on the screen and Brian's reading. <laughs> from uh, This is from Fish and Game in Alaska. The name Dolly Varden refers to a colorful cloth of pink pattern of good looks that was milled for dressmaking in the late 19th century. The cloth itself was named after Dolly Varden, the character who wore brightly colored dresses in Charles Dickens' 1841 novel, Barnaby Rudge. Oh, that's yeah, great. That's, that's quite the freaking fish, right? Barnaby yeah. Rudge to a fish in Alaska, but there you go. Wow. But yeah, it's always it's always some some gal, right? Like some dudes like, yeah, that looks like Dolly. Wait, did, did that thing just say rodents as yeah. a diet? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean we we fish yeah. for them with mice. So yeah. on your seven weight what? on your eight weight, put a mouse yep. pattern. It's what? <laughs> Insects, crustaceans, various fish species and eggs and rodents. Dude, are you sure there's not like dinosaurs running around where you're at? Jesus. No, there's uh, these are the afterthought fish. These are the little fish. There was a there was a short film in uh the fly fishing film tour one year, and it was all about fishing trout with a mouse pattern. And I think it was somewhere in Europe, maybe, where mice are just so prevalent in these trout were getting huge just feeding off of mice swimming swimming through the water that's what yeah. i'm thinking like what are mice doing in water <laughs> you know i mean so here uh all right so the dolly mousing time it's it's like these two phenomenas they've been chasing salmon eating salmon eggs all salmon season right and the last run of salmon is your coho salmon your silver salmon and right about the time that coho salmon are done and so their eggs are, are diminished, right? The mice start flooding down from the mountains. To eat on the carcasses. And now, no, no, they're just, they're just leaving the cold, right? They're getting away from the cold and they're coming down to lower elevations. So they're crossing streams and rivers as they're coming down from lower elevations. Uh, so your okay. rainbow trout and your Dolly Vardens, your cutthroat trout, all of them are like, oh, freaking mice. This is great. The That's salmon protein. don't eat them because... Yeah, salmon are shut down when they're in the river. They're only thinking is sex and death. That's it. Yeah, right. The right, trout right. and the char, they're they're year round. They're still going. So yeah. yeah, I mean it's right about the time salmon eggs are done. The rodents are getting the heck away from winter and trying to find someone's nice cabin to go hole up in. Does that if they're if they're foraging on more mice than anything, does that change the way their meat tastes? You know, I don't know that I've ever eaten uh, a char or a trout that i could say was exclusively eating mice i don't i don't know that there are any that exclusively eat mice i think when the mice are crossing rivers and streams up here it's such a short window of time when there's a flood of them that i don't know that it impacts flesh um but it does tell you that it's you know it's a good aggressive healthy char trout when it hits your mouse pattern so Brian, that cleaned, sounds like fun. Them. Yeah, I've, oh <laughs> man, skating oh, on the yeah. surface—it's all visual, right? So you're yeah. you're skating your mouse, and then freaking Ariel comes up yeah. for it. It's fun. Well, I just yeah. I, I just joke around with him because you know when we're sitting in the CRP, you know it's I don't know what it is about mice and Brian, but they really like to jump on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian, it's funny because it's it's funny seeing you giants like just jump. <laughs> 
He's so well, it surprises you. It's unexpected. You know, yeah. like you're not expecting a mouse to jump on you. But it's so funny because we're sitting there quiet, like, oh my god. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I've I've seen a lot of film, uh, film, and read some articles on like catching trout on on mouse patterns, and it's it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. When yeah. You, I've never done it personally. I've it's something I've always wanted to do because that's just. I mean, like you said, it's it's like a top water frog frog blow up for bass almost. Yeah. You know? Well, they they yeah. got those rats and stuff too, right? For bass. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I I mean, I, I assume you know, I it's just stuff you just don't think about. I guess you know, you're always sure when you, when you see a mouse, it's on land. You know, it, yeah, or it's in your garage and you don't want it in there. You know, it's something. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's I, I just don't think about them in water, but it makes sense. I mean, it would have to, I guess. You know. They don't get to pick where they live, so you gotta they gotta deal with whatever's around. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, right, right. Right on, man. Right on. Well, uh Josiah, let people know where they could follow you, watch what you're doing, social medias, all that stuff. Anything you want to plug, man, it's all yours. Yeah, you know, so at Jackson Adventures, we've just made a big change with our lineup of of coolers, the Orion coolers, and the price points come way down. And for the first time, you can order them direct uh, straight to you. So um, my same solution for getting a cooler that the bear's not going to tear up mm. is your solution for keeping your fish and your game cold. Um, I'm going to give that 85 a, a, a go for trying to put quartered meat in there and keep it safe. So check nice. them out. Um, you know, everything that I've experienced, I've used a lot of Yetis um, and I've been using the Orions and they're comparable in terms of their performance. And I've not yet had a bear tear up my Orion. So my igloo cooler, as Brian said, God rest in pieces. Um, it's, it's time for me to upgrade to the uh, Orion 85s on these trips. So check them out. Um, yeah, wearing the shirt here, bending branches, some some sweet paddles. Man, I use them in Alaska. If you ever have an issue when you're on your big boat, um, good to have a bending branches paddle to, to be able to get into shore, push off the rocks. And definitely when you're in the kayaks and canoes. Um yeah, they've been using these advanced elements kayaks as uh, just backups inflatables in my boat. If I ever need to pump one up real quick and I need something that I can store away, um, they're sweet. So if you're looking for nice. an inflatable, check out advanced elements. Um, I, you know, for me, a lot of times it's it's a it's a great safety tool out where I'm at, but they're they're a fun time paddling too. You can backpack them up a river if you want to, so you don't have to hike back down. You can cruise down on the kayak. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, check out uh, check out these coolers, guys. This is a it's a pretty sweet uh, opportunity to get a top of the line cooler at a much better price point and have it shipped direct to your door. Um, me up here in Kodiak, that's what I've got to do, man. I'm sick and tired of having to go to Seattle to pick up my gear. So, <laughs> no, it's I I got an older version, uh, a '65, and that <clears throat> thing works great, man. It's it's always been. Uh, a solid cooler for me and it, it always holds ice things like that man it's uh i haven't put it to the bear test uh <laughs> that i know of at least but uh yeah it's it's a good cooler man good cooler yeah yeah for yeah. sure right Sweet. on man i appreciate you uh joining us tonight and just uh sharing some of your knowledge and uh stories and man congrats on uh the big move to kodiak uh, I'm sure that's uh, it's a whole different world being there compared to Juno, you know. Yeah, man, it's a blast. I, 
uh, 80s movie, man, Joe versus the volcano. And Meg Ryan looks at Tom Hanks and says, well, where are we going to go? And he says, away from the things of man. I'll yeah. tell you what, man, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good for the soul sometimes to get out and get away. And this is a place for it. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah, just the absolute beauty. I mean, we started off with that picture of you on top of that mountain watching that sunset. I could only imagine what it was like to be there in person. Yeah, my back, my back was hurting, brother. I had a buck on me, but uh, the uh, the views are worth it. We actually, I, I finished quartering that guy out at 2.30 a.m. And we started getting back towards the summit and realized it was too stinking dark. So we just holed up and just kind of huddled up. It was freaking cold. And uh, but then we both looked at each other and we're like, well, the only way you're getting this views is if you slept on top of a mountain yeah. <laughs> because your pack was too loaded and you didn't want to take the wrong step and fall down. Right. So sure, 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 yeah. sure. Wow. Right on, dude. Well, uh, good luck and uh, be safe. Stay away from bears unless you're trying to eat them. Right. <laughs> Catch plenty <laughs> of fish. Don't be bait. And, yeah, don't be bait. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get eaten by one of those yeah. giant fish with teeth. Leave, leave the peanut butter at home. <laughs> it's so good, though. I almost yeah. always have peanut butter in my pack. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, I'm sure that leaves a nice scent. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Why are there bears following me down <laughs> yeah. the mountain? Yeah. Right? I haven't even fired a shot yet. Why are they trailing me? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right on, man. Well, we appreciate you, dude. Uh, anytime you want to come back, hit us up, dude. We uh, we always love catching up with you, man, and uh, hearing all the stories and adventures that you've been on. Uh, appreciate you very much. Guys, gals, listening, watching, uh, we appreciate you as well. We're here every Thursday, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, 5 o'clock out on the West Coast. We will see you boys and girls next week. Jay Randall. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Josiah. Thanks for coming on, man. It's been hey, a lot likewise. Of and man, yeah. you, your guys' show has blown up since uh, even the last time that that I was on. So, congrats to you guys. You're you're a mainstay in the kayak fishing world. We're growing, man. We're growing. We're getting bigger. It's good. It's good. It's all all good things, man. We're all doing good things. I'm just not as cool and extravagant as you. So. Let me go back to my yeah. I know we're like uh, little pathetic life in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't even know like uh, I don't really have much to complain about anymore. I know that. <laughs> you know? All right, guys. We will see you next week. As always, tight lines, smooth paddling. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. 
For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.